title of my talk today is Unlocking Freedom. If you want to take notes, you can also sit down. And can we thank our worship team? Thank you for all you do. Unlocking Freedom. Someone say, Unlock my life. Someone say, Unlock my mind. Unlock my heart. I want to paint a picture for a moment of what Moses did. I don't know if you've thought deeply enough about this, but it is incredible what Moses did because Moses set a nation free, obviously by the power of God, by the power of His Spirit. He followed Jesus in, in the strategy that He specifically gave him, but he showed up to a nation with his brother Aaron, no, no bow and arrow, no tank, no army, no missiles, nothing, and literally set three million people free in a very short amount of time. Then he leads them out of a place called Egypt through a wilderness, which is a place that everyone would die had not God been with them. He then comes down from a, a mountain, Mount Sinai at that time, and he hands to them the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are the really laws that are foundationally found in every functioning society in the world today. And not don't lie. How many think that you probably shouldn't lie? Don't lie. None of you, all right. You, you think you like, I like to lie. I'm a liar. Well, you and the devil are cousins, okay? You, just, you better stop it. And uh, so if you think of all these moments, Moses set up the nation of Israel. He doesn't actually enter the, into the promised land. He missed out on that because of his disobedience at one point of the game. But he does something so significant. And one of the reasons I am preaching to you about that is because sometimes when you read the Bible and you see the greatness of what someone did, it's hard for you to point to their life and see any kind of connection with your life because you're like, they did something amazing and I'm just doing life like Monday to Friday. I'm working my job, I'm going to school, I'm, I'm a parent. And you get, and I get stuck in the mundane thinking God cannot use us in the way that He used Moses. However, I would say to you today that the very thing that Moses struggled with is actually the very thing that most times you and I struggle with too. Because when God shows up to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says this, that Exodus 3 verse 4, it says, when, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look and, and call Moses, he says, Moses, Moses, the interesting thing is, is that Moses is struggling with insecurity often like you and I do. Now, how many of you have ever had a fearful moment, an anxious moment, or an insecure moment? Say yes. And when God calls Moses, that is the moment he's having. But I want you to know that God has been seeing Moses. God has been watching Moses for 80 years of his life, even though he didn't know it. He saw Moses when he is dumped into the river and literally floats down the stream and a, and, and a daughter of Pharaoh literally picks him up. He saw Moses when he was in Egypt as a prince of Egypt and he's ruling and reigning, yet he still has a passion for the Jewish people. He saw Moses when he murdered someone. He saw Moses when he gets rejected out of Egypt. He sees Moses when he's simply tending the father's sheep. And for some reason, all of a sudden, God begins to get his attention. And he says, Moses, Moses. Someone say Moses, Moses. Have you ever asked for someone's name and you're like, hey, and you're not sure of their name? You're like, hey, 
tummy. <laughs> and you're kind of hoping because you haven't really said it much before, but you're kind of like, Timmy or Tummy, I, I meant Tanya, I meant, I meant all kinds of things. And, and God has His name and he, and he says, Moses, it's not a question mark, it's Moses, Moses. In other words, I know you. I know everything about you. I am intimately acquainted with you. I know when you sit and when you rise, I know your disappointments. I know that you've felt like a, a foreigner in a country for 40 years. I know that you were rich and now you are poor. I know that you are doing a job that seems beneath you. I know that there seems to be a calling on the inside of you. I know that, I see that. And God, when He speaks to you and to me, He speaks in that, that He knows you. I mean, thank God He's seen the problems but He's calling you out of your problems. He sees your fears. He sees your anxiousness. He sees all those things. But how many know that when God calls your name, He is not keeping you there. He is calling you out of it. Can I get a good amen? Come on, even though you've got that weird thing on your face, most of you anyway, you can say amen. See, here's what I want to tell you today. My point number one is this freedom comes in the hearing of the heart. It is the hearing of the heart that we most need. It is the hearing, not just sitting and attending in church, but how many know that it's, it's that moment when God whispers to you? That that's the moment that all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I know the teacher in Sunday school told me that he loves me, but now he said it and it sounds different. Have you ever had a moment when someone says something to you and all of a sudden that moment, it's like God went and He whispers to you? See, God speaks in many ways. God speaks through your conscience. Someone can't say conscience. God speaks through creation. How many you know that God is a busy God? God's got a lot to do. Have you ever thought, why would God even bother talking to you? Like really, do you know Psalm 8 verse 4 says, what is man that you think of him? It says the son of man that you care for him. Why? Because you and I are like a, a dot and it's amazing that God intimately cares for us. Think about this for a second. I would just want to give you some science so your, the right side of your brain is engaged with the left side of your brain. I'll speak to your emotions today and I'll speak to the analytical side of you. And some of you are like, oh, I like some analytical side. My brain's about to come alive. <laughs> Did you know that the world is currently moving at 67,000 miles per hour around the sun and you and I aren't even standing on the globe going, whoa. Like if you really think about it, we are moving right now. You're like, I am moving, I'm sitting right now. No, we are moving on planet Earth, the third rock from the sun. We are moving at 67,000 miles per hour and you're like, oh, I don't even know how fast that is. Let me tell you how fast that is. If you were to fly from New York to LA, that generally takes about four and a half hours. You know how fast we're going? That'll take you two and a half minutes. So in between the time that you fly from Newark to LA, the earth has done that 20 times per hour. So about 100 times per hour, we've gone back and forth to LA, LA, boom, 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 like this. And you and I are sitting still on a rock that is doing that. At the same time, our moon is going round us, us flying in cohesion with the earth 28 days so that the tides are right. God has a lot going on. And then He makes your DNA work and your cells work and all kinds of stuff. He does that. He is busy, but He is intimately acquainted with you. Come on, somebody. 
See, God is speaking. I want you to know today that God is in the business of speaking. But I want you to know today that so is the devil. How many know culture speaks to you? That the world has a pull to it. Culture has a pull to it. Your flesh has a pull to it. How many of you go, I'm a pretty good person? (laughs) Not many people. (laughs) Got a bunch of criminals here. See, even the best of us struggle with the worst of us. The best of us struggle with the worst of us because too many people are trying to change the world and they can't even change themselves. I want to change the world. I want to change the world. And before God uses Moses to change the world, he has to change Moses. And before God changes the world through you or serves someone or loves someone or encourages someone through you, he has to literally get his keys and begin to unlock what is in you and get you unfocused on yourself. In our selfie generation and our selfie life, how many know we've got to get focused on other people? Moses had the same insecurities and the same fears that you had. Listen to him in Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. So now go, watch God is sending. He's like, I am sending you. Say that with me. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And you'd be like, Moses is about to say, awesome. Watch this now. No, he doesn't. Verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I? I have the most amazing assignment for you in the world, Moses. He's like, who am I? Because he's racked with insecurity. He is an orphan. He was adopted. He was successful. And now he spent the last 40 years of his life being a sheep herder. And the sheep herder in Egyptian culture is one of the lowest jobs on the totem pole of jobs and so now in his culture he is not just a felon he is a a sheep herder and basically that Egyptians see them as unclean how do you think that would mess with your self-esteem come on how many how many of you know that doing the worst job in the world would mess with your self-esteem so when God shows up and says to him, I have assignment for you. He says, who am I? Could it be that God wants to use you? But your first thing you're going to say is, who am I? Who am I? But the good thing is when you say, who am I? Is at least you're not fully yourself. Because I have found that God often takes the lowest and lifts them to the highest. Are you with me? And here's God's answer, and it's his same answer to you, verse 12. And God said, I will be with you. I'll be be with you. How many thank God he's with you? How many need worship moments like this to believe he's with you? He's with you right now. He's with you. He's watching you. He knows everything about you. How do do I know that God knows everything about you? Have you ever gone to say anything? And you realize the moment you're about to say something, that the Holy Spirit on the inside was like, don't say that. And you're like, hey, Lord, how did you know that I was even going to say that? Because Psalm 139 tells me that he knows my words unuttered before I utter them. So you're about to gossip about someone and the Holy Spirit on the inside is like, stop it. And then you did it and you're like, I should have listened. See, 
How many of you were great gossipers in the past, but you found as you started to follow Jesus, you are getting challenged in the gossip area of your life? (laughs) How many of you were so negative that you would repel anything positive? But now you're in the house of God and you're trying to grow and you're moving forward and God's trying to deal with your tongue. And he's like, stop talking about how bad it is. Stop talking about how bad it is. Stop focusing on how bad it is and start talking about how good I am in your life. I was driving to church this morning and and I had some extra time to be honest. Um, and I was just driving up and down Route 21 right over here and I was just praying over our church. I was looking at the building and I'd go past the church and back onto the church, past the church and so forth and I was praying over what God would do and there's some amazing doors, I'll tell you this, that are opening right now for our church regarding this building and so thank God for that. So I'm just praying for it. I'm just like, God, would you use this place to be a, a place that points people to you? Can they find you? Can they know you? And I thought to myself, isn't it amazing that the same highway will take you to a good place but the same highway will take you to a bad place. And your thoughts are highways. And if you don't, and I don't actually evaluate our thinking, guess what? Your thoughts are taking you somewhere good or somewhere bad. They're simply a highway. Sometimes it's a highway to hell. Sometimes it's a highway to heaven. Sometimes it's a highway to positivity. Sometimes it's a highway to negativity. And you need to watch what you think about Come on, am I speaking here today? And then Moses says this, verse 13, Exodus 4, says, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. What? (laughs) Moses has all the excuses not to go. He's insecure. He's like, ah, my past sucks. All this kind of stuff. And then finally he tells God, I don't want to. I'd rather sit back on my lazy boy chair and watch Netflix. I'd rather, man, I'd rather take your sheep. I'd rather just hang with my wife and my kids and just end my life like doing this. He says, please send someone else. And here's the amazing thing. God doesn't care what he thinks. <laughs> Some of you in church today, I'm not sure I want to be a Christian. I've got bad news for you. If God really has His hand on your life, you don't have a lot of choice. You are going to be one or not. So I would submit early enough so you don't break your life. You would be better off just saying, yes, Jesus. Because here's what Moses, Moses is insecure. Moses is afraid. Moses has every reason not to do it. And then finally he's just like, I don't want to. Do you know that most of my parenting is spent telling kids to do something they don't want to (laughs) do? I'm saying it, right? I'm saying it. How many parents know what I'm talking about? You're like, the other day, back in the car, like, why does hell break? Like, why does hell break out in the backseat of the car? I'm trying to get somewhere. And I've got to like tell my kids, shut up. That's it. About to fix it. About to stop the car right now. About to get back there. And here's the thing. (laughs) Some of you are, I don't know what you're talking about. You haven't had kids yet. Oh, my kids are going to be perfect. I don't think they are. Because you weren't, Sally. (laughs) Who's Sally? I don't know. Freedom is found though as we begin to hear God's voice in our heart 
Because secondly, freedom is found in real conversations. Real conversations. This is a real conversation that Moses is having with God. He says, God, I'm afraid. God, um, I, I, I don't have the pass for it. God, I don't have the resume for it. And then finally he just says, God, I don't want to. And I've heard people say this a lot. They're like, I'll tell, you know, when they pray, they're like, I tell God everything. I tell, Here's the thing when you tell God everything, you gotta be ready for him to tell you something. Because Moses is being real and raw. And I want to encourage you, listen, tell God your issues. Tell God your problems. At the same time, if he is a good father, eventually a good father would say, are you done? Like if there's this moment of parenting where, the, where one of my kids or one of your kids is kind of telling you what's up. How many of you know you'll listen sometimes? You're like, okay, let's see what they got to say. And then you're like, are you done? Okay, now let's, let's tell you something you need to know. Are you ready for God to have a real conversation with you? None of you. Here's the thing. Moses has every excuse not to serve God. Moses has every excuse. He has murdered people. He's orphaned. He's adopted. He, he literally has been a seeming failure for 40 years. And now God shows up. Moses, Moses, I know you. Now I need you to be obedient. And here's what I believe, that you are set free in not just a moment of experience with God, but you are set free when you stop focusing on yourself. Let me give you point number three. Come on, freedom is found when you stop focusing on you. Do you know there's nothing you can do about your past? How many think you can fix yesterday? How many think you can fix a year ago? How many think you can fix five years ago, 10 years ago? You can't fix what your dad did, what your mom did, what your grandpa did. You can't fix any of those things right now. You can only learn a lesson of wisdom, hopefully, and do it differently. But if you don't let go of the past, haven't you found that you will repeat the past? Marriages, if you don't let go of the past mistakes, you cannot move on with a flourishing future. Let me say this about our country. If we keep talking about the mistakes of 50 years ago, we will keep carrying the same spirit that operated 50 years ago because we're not forgiving the past, we're holding on to the past and, and, and holding people accountable. And you cannot move forward until you let go of the past. Come on, someone. Freedom is found in real conversations, but freedom is also found when you stop focusing on you. Moses, when God shows up, he's like, I can't, me, I, me, I, me, me, I, me. Sounds like a little kid, doesn't it? Haven't you noticed that you don't have to teach a two-year-old me much? They're like, mine, <laughs> mine. And I found that most of my Christianity is God telling me, it ain't yours. See, here's what Galatians chapter five says. It says that we are to serve one another. For you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, worldliness and selfishness, but through love. Someone say, through love. 
Come on, through love. Serve and seek the best for one another. We need to read that again. For you, my brothers, were called to what? Freedom only. Do not let your freedom, because you can let it, let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, the worldliness, the selfishness, but through love serve and seek the best for one another. Watch what happens to Moses. Once he gets over himself, now he has to show up to Egypt. Now he has to literally confront Pharaoh. But I want you to see this, that God doesn't set him completely free of his insecurities or his fears, his hangups, doesn't change anything about his past. But here's what God does to him. He heals him in the serving of God in the process. Think about this for a second. Moses shows up to Pharaoh. It's like, let my people go. And how many of you know the first time he does it, his knees are knocking? <laughs> He's got Aaron with him. He does this little miracle. He turns water into blood. And all of a sudden, his magicians can do it too, which shows you that occult and satanic power has power. There is an allure to it. There is a realness to it. It's not just mumbo jumbo. It's not fake. No, but it does not have the power of God. However, how many of you know that then he, he says, listen, the flies are gonna come and the gnats are gonna come. And over time, the journey of God and the journey of faith, how many of you know that eventually Moses kind of stuck out his chest a little bit more? And every time he'd go back to Pharaoh, he's like, oh, I'm here again. Because he came insecure and he came afraid. And most of the time, you serve God. And the first time you serve God, you serve God afraid. You serve God afraid. And I just want to tell you, it's okay to serve God afraid. Because it's in the process of God chipping away some of the things in your life. Don't, don't wait to be perfect to serve God. Because you are never perfected while you wait for God to fix everything. God is perfecting you as you serve, as you step out in faith, as you give again, God's making you more generous. He doesn't do it in one moment of giving. He does it over the years. He doesn't make you a person of character in one moment. You're not a person of character because you did one good thing one day. You are a person of character if you keep on doing good things over the years. You are not generous because you gave away a dollar one time. You remember, you imagine someone said to you, listen, there was this one time. <laughs> look, look, look how amazing I am. <laughs> oh, listen, listen. There's this one time. I walked past this homeless guy and I gave him a dollar. That's how good I am. And you're like, thank you, Mother Teresa. You gave one time, you stepped out and did it one time and then you took a selfie while you did it. <laughs> right? Sometimes I got my praise on last week. You're not a praising, thankful person until you continue for years. And then finally someone looks at you and goes, man, how come you so happy? I'm happy because I kept praising and kept thanking and kept praising and kept thanking for 10 years. And now you're seeing the joy that I have in my life. You're whining because you've, you've been whining for 10 years. I don't know if you like to drink wine, but wine takes time. I don't want to tempt you, but 
Some of you need to stay the heck away from it, by the way. Others of you can enjoy it with self-control. It's really up to you. But good wine takes time. And so does good character. Like, and the truth is that we cannot allow our past to stop us. But here's what I want to tell you. Moses eventually became, the Bible says, the most meekest man in all of the world. What is meek? Meek is immediately obedient. It's like a horse that has been well-trained. You ever get on a horse? My sister, every time she gets on a horse, it goes bad. I'm not sure why she always gets one of those horse, horses that hate her, want to run the other way and so forth. That is a not meek horse, right? And my sister's like, I'm deathly afraid of horse. Horses, horse, horses. But how many know if you get on a good horse, he does exactly what you say, exactly when you say it. When you say giddy up, he giddies up. When you say left, he says left. And do you know that sometimes God has to teach you and I that? When I say left, how long are you going to fight me for? When I say right, how long are you going to fight me for? Because how many of you have done it your way and it didn't work as well as you thought it would? You're like, I'd do it my way anyway. And you're a horse that has all the talent in the world, but you have no obedience and God cannot use the disobedient horses. (laughs) Moses is broken in life and God shows up to him so much that then the power of God can flow through his life. And I believe that we need some men and we need some women who are broken and I don't mean it in a bad way I mean it broken by the Holy Spirit so that when the Holy Spirit says left you're you're like I've learned long enough that didn't work and that's where I feel like God has taught me that that I have found listen to me just just learn and and sometimes we don't get this because sometimes it's pride that stops us but hear me now that I have this kind of fear with me and Jesus that if He tells me something to do and I'm kind of like, nah, God, I'm good. I found it hasn't gone that well. You're like, you're a pastor. So? It's called being human. I don't know if you know this. I'm a human first. I'm a man first, right? But I have found that if I'll obey, then the Holy Spirit can jump on my saddle. And then He can take me where He needs me to go. And if he's saying, run, son, I'll run. If he's saying, slow down, I'll slow down. Listen, for you, my brothers, we're called to freedom. Galatians chapter 5. Only do not let your freedom, it says. It says, do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, which is what lots of people are doing in our world. He says, but through love serve and seek the best for one another. Let me try and close this. You know one of the things, one of the prayers that I've prayed over this last year, I was going to a leadership talk and I was in our church and I'm like, I didn't, I had lots of meetings that day and I did not have the time to kind of do what I'd normally do to get ready for a leadership talk. And so to be honest, I was like, Lord, you love these people more than me. So would you flow through your servant into them and love them and help them through me? Because I don't have time to get ready for this leadership talk as much as I would like to. 
And that night I was like, man, that was awesome. And I learned something that day. Jesus loves people more than I do. And I love people, but Jesus loves them way more than I do. But it's such a setting free thing when I get up to communicate before people. And now I go, Jesus, would you love them through me? Because that takes the pressure off speaking and having it perfect. Because how many you know when you're speaking in front of people, like you can later rate it and was it good enough or was it not good enough? And you can beat yourself up with that nonsense like a lot. I don't know if you know that or not, but if you get up and speak in front of people, how many of you know it's kind of like getting up and speaking in front of people? <laughs> I was trying to think of another illustration, it just wasn't coming to mind. So it can be kind of revealing. And trust me, I do the work of getting ready to speak in front of people. But more than anything else these days, I pray, Jesus, love your people through me. Help them, equip them, speak to them, guide them, show them. God, give them revelation, help them not fall asleep. <laughs> get something so they love you more. And to be honest, as I've done that over the last year, I've found that's been freeing. It takes the pressure off me. Love them. Are you, who are you loving? Here's a challenge for you. Go look at your social media account and just ask yourself on your social media, what are you about? through about six months to a year you about this political opinion that political opinion are you about sharing your opinion you're going to share it boom which is fine but at the same time are you trying to help someone is it all selfies or are you helping someone are you getting something out of this you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature. He says, but through love, seek the best for one another. Come on, all across this place, why don't you close your eyes? Heavenly Father, I love you and praise you. And I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the fresh oil of God that I sense in this place. And I know that it is for every person. And God, I pray that you would take these moments and these messages and would you infuse your people with faith and strength, purpose and destiny. Do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. Lord, in this place, put the right people together. Lord, in this place, build marriages. Lord, in this place, give vision unto men and unto women. Heal the brokenhearted. But God, I pray that as we serve you together, I pray that we'd break the patterns many times that, that, that would cause us to consume your services instead of be your church. And so I pray that we would serve one another. Help us not be self-orientated, but you orientated and other people orientated. Lord, show us where we are. Lord, help your people be so much more healthy and strong, I pray. Lord, set each person free in the Name of Jesus. I do, in Jesus' Name, pray for every person dealing with fear or any kind of depression or anxiousness in these moments. Would you break the power of that thinking, that spirit, those wounds over their life, offences, Lord. Let it break in Jesus' Name. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Lord. Those watching online right now, this is such an important part of the service. 
Those in this auditorium right now, stay with your eyes closed. If you've never received the person of Jesus Christ, I wanna tell you He died on the cross for you. Not just for the sins of the world, but for your sins and my sins, for our mistakes, for our failures. He doesn't wanna point them out. He wants to heal that relationship between the Father and you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to know you. He has a hope and a future and a purpose and a destiny for your life. It is found in the house of God. It is found in the Word of God. But today, He's asking you to step towards Him by faith through prayer and just saying, Jesus, I need you. So I'm gonna pray a simple prayer and that prayer will connect you to Him. Come on, I'm gonna ask every single person to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I need You. I confess my deep need of You. Fill me with Your Spirit. From this day on, may I never be the same. May my heart be soft to You. But may my ears hear You. Plant me in your purpose. Plant me in your house. I ask this now in Jesus' Name. May I never be the same. I commit today to follow You with all my heart, to know You, to run after You and to serve other people. In Jesus' Name. While eyes are closed and heads are bowed all across this place, if you meant business with God right now, would you simply slip your hand up and let me know all across this place thank you man anyone else raise your hand raise it up high thank you sweetheart that's awesome long enough high enough for me to see it saying Pastor Anthony that's me today man I needed that thank you sir that's awesome anyone else today anyone else thanks sweetheart that's awesome today that one in the middle that's awesome anyone else you can put your hand down Father I thank you for every hand but I thank you for every heart and I pray the favour of God and the blessings of heaven and heaven's strength for each person. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if you receive God's Word, would you give Him a huge hand in the house of God? Come on. So good, so good. Hey, let's keep clapping for everybody that made a decision for Jesus today, here and online. If you raise your hand today, or maybe you said that prayer and you didn't raise your hand, on your way out the door, we want to resource you. We have this book called Following Jesus. It is at our next steps counter, free for you. And if you made that decision online, please text CONNECT7 to the number 97000 and let us know that you made that decision today and we'll get you this book. Hey, remember, Tuesday mornings, registration opens up for next Sunday to be back here at Church of Life worshiping with us in person. And let's be thinking this week about who we can invite back to church. So we love you, have a great week, and we will see you back here next Sunday.